Good morning. We're so glad that you're with us today, and, and I'm thankful uh, my son Taylor is with us today. Uh, his wife Stephanie, uh, their favorite son Jackson, and their favorite daughter Annabelle are here on the front row. Annabelle, wave at everybody. She'll wave at you. And we're so glad that, that they are here and uh, that they're very active at Church of the City in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Franklin, actually. Isn't it? And just very thankful that God gave him with this talent and he's going to lead us in worship. Morning. We're going to go ahead and stand up. We're going to sing together. Teach y'all a couple new songs and we're going to start off with one that I think y'all sang last week.
This song repeats a couple times. It's pretty easy. Worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
Oh 
Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. I needed that. Um, with my friend HB going we're home today, it's more than appropriate that y'all did that one, so thank you very much. I was going to give you a 20-minute warning that today we were going to do an invitation. Well, a friend of mine wants to join the church, and my friend says, let's do this next week. And they have a good reason. And so if you, like my friend, have been planning on joining the church, you have one week warning. How's that? We're going to do a two-for-one special next week, so we just wanted you to know that. Can you believe it's Memorial Day weekend? Start of summer to some. For others, it's time to barbecue. Others, students and teachers, rejoice that it's time for a break. And teachers' husbands really rejoice. <laughs> for some in our country, it's time to remember those that have given their lives in military service for our country. Unfortunately, many will not remember. They're either uninformed or ungrateful. Or both. One week after the Pearl Harbor attack, FDR said, those who long enjoy such privileges that we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. And that is true. Today we will pause to remember and to be thankful. And as we think of Memorial Day, we have a video before you. Dear Dad, after all these years, I've never stopped writing. I still remember many of the letters I've written you, and the moments I wish you could have seen. Your granddaughter. I tell her about you all the time. 
You talk about the letters I write you and that maybe she can write you too someday. Yesterday, she told me she'd love to meet you. So I pulled her close, hugged her tight, and told her about how some things in this world are worth fighting for, even dying for. Love always, your daughter.
And the song was, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? That's what we talk about today. Who do we as a nation call? In times past, we have called the Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines, Navy, Guard. Today we're going to look at a nation in trouble and try to answer the question, who are you going to call when the military can't help? When they can do nothing. The year was 539 B.C. Babylon was ruled by a king named Belshazzar. He ruled after King Nebuchadnezzar. You likely remember Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 5 is where the story is found. I'll tell you most of it and read you parts of it. But it begins with the king Belshazzar giving a party. A big party. We're told a thousand guests are there. And the wine is flowing. It was that time of the party. And Belshazzar, perhaps a little tipsy by now, has a horrible idea. Ben, we're not going to do the scripture just yet. If you can just hold on for that. Belshazzar has a horrible idea. I've never been drunk in my life, but... I've heard that you have some ideas when you're drunk that you don't quite have when you're sober. They're not so good. This one was not so good. He gave orders to bring in gold and silver cups that his predecessor Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. These were used for the temple services and the holiest of moments. And Belshazzar wants them for the party. So he can drink out of them, his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. You don't argue with the king, and when he told someone to go get them, they went and got them and brought them back. They filled them up and they made toast. And the toast they made were to their gods, Belshazzar's gods. Gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. Idols. So I want to read to you what happens next. This is in Daniel chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. You've heard this before. Suddenly, and remember it's a big party, a thousand people and they're all drinking. Suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. Seems like he sobered up quickly. He was scared to death. What do you do? He's the king. You know everybody in the room looked at him going, okay, what's this? Is this a party trick? What's happening here? Who's he going to call? We're told that he called the wise men of Babylon who turned out not to be so wise. His enchanters, his astrologers, his fortune tellers, and he told them, if you can tell me what this handwriting on the wall, and he took them over there and showed it to them, and he said, you can tell me what that means? 
I will reward you with honor and rule and riches. Maybe he was still a little under the influence because he's very generous in this offer. Sometimes I hear people when they're drinking are more generous than when they're sober. The wise men looked and looked and looked. Couldn't figure out anything. They had no idea. So the, this made the king more afraid. The scripture tells us that his face turned even more pale. And if you know about the way government worked then, when the king is shaken, everybody's shaken. Because there's no telling what the king will do. Everyone was nervous and everyone was scared and the bad news spread throughout the kingdom. I guess some people left the party and went and told people, you're not going to believe what we saw. A hand came and wrote mysterious words on the wall. The king is scared and we don't know what to do and he's promised all these prizes. News got around. After the news got around, we were told that the queen mother heard the news. She wasn't at the party. And she hurried to the banquet hall. Scholars argue who she may be. Some think it may be the widow of Nebuchadnezzar. Good guess. If so, she remembered many things that Belshazzar had forgotten. She remembered the young Hebrew boys who by now were up in years. She remembered very well how Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Babylonian names, survived the fiery furnace. She remembered how Daniel had interpreted a dream that was very puzzling for Nebuchadnezzar. And so we'll pick up the queen mother coming to the party, looking at the king, probably pointing her finger at him and telling him these words. There is a man, Daniel 5, 11, 12. There is a man in your kingdom who has with him the spirit of the holy gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight understanding and wisdom like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, that's funny to me. She's making a point here. She's referring to the good one. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, the one way better than you is what she's implying to me as I read it. He made him chief over all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers of Babylon. This man Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, has exceptional ability, is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel. He will tell you what the writing means. Call for Daniel. He represents God. That's who you need to call. It's what she told the king. It's interesting to me, and it's true, what very often happens is last resort. Who do many people call when they try everything? Who do nations call when all the other options have been exhausted? They declare days of prayer. They tell people to seek God, sometimes at the very end of the difficulty and not the beginning to avoid it. You and I know better. We know who to call every day and every moment. So the queen mother, after she lets him have it in her own way, convinces the king to call for Daniel, and he does. 
Daniel comes. The king explains to Daniel what has happened. He tells Daniel there is no one else to call. All my wise men came up with nothing. Daniel is promised a great riches and power if he will help. He agrees to help, but he tells the king, keep your stuff, I don't need it. So they walk to the wall. The wall where the mysterious handwriting is. Daniel looks and he points, he shakes his head, and he reminded Belshazzar how Nebuchadnezzar was a powerful man and a great king, but because of his arrogance and his lack of belief, he was stripped of his kingdom and driven from society and literally turned out to pastor literally. Before he interprets the word, he gives Belshazzar a history lesson that is very important. I read you from Daniel 5.21. He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar Daniel is to Belshazzar. And he says, he was driven from human society. He was given the mind of a wild animal. And he lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like a cow, was drenched with dew of heaven, until he learned that the Most High God ruled over the kingdoms of the world and appoints anyone he desires to rule. Quickly, let me refresh you from Daniel chapter 4. That story and why it happened, and why it's pertinent in Daniel chapter 5. Beginning of verse 28 of Daniel 4, it says, All this came upon, upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king said, Is this not magnificent Babylon, which I have built as the royal capital by my mighty power and for my glorious majesty? The rooster was crowing and he was proud of what he had done. He had done. While the words were still in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared the kingdom has departed from you like that. You shall be driven away from human society. Your dwelling shall be with the animals of the field. You'll be made to eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you've learned that the Most High has sovereignty over the kingdoms of mortals and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the sentence was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven away from human society, ate grass like an oxen. His body was bathed with the dew of heaven. His hair grew as long as eagle's feathers. His nails became like bird's claws. He's crazy, and he's been sent out of the kingdom into the wild. But when the period was over, verse 34, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored the one who lives forever. For his sovereignty is an everlasting sovereignty. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does what he wills with the host of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. There's no one who can say, stay his hand or say to him, what are you doing? At that time, when Nebuchadnezzar humbled himself and lifted God up, my reason returned to me. My majesty and splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom, 
My counselors, my Lord, sought me out. I was reestablished over my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven for all of his works of truth and his ways of justice, and he's able to bring low those who walk in pride. And Belshazzar walked in pride and is about to be brought low. After this history lesson, Daniel tells the king, you should have known this, but you've not humbled yourself. He went on chastising the king, getting onto him for committing the blasphemy of getting the holy vessels and using them at the party to make toast to God with silver and gold, iron and wood and stone. Daniel lets him have it good. And then he gets to where the king wanted to get to. The words on the wall. And here they are. We don't know what font God uses. But the words were many, many tekel parsley. Many, many tekel parsley. The king had to look at Daniel like, okay, you tell me what the words are, what do they mean? Belshazzar by now is even more pale and he's shaking. And this is what Daniel tells the king. Beginning of verse 26 of Daniel 5. This is what these words mean. Meaning means numbered. And as he looks the king right in the eye, he says, God has numbered the days of your reign, and he has brought it to an end. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances, and you have not measured up. Parson means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. And that's the meaning of the handwriting of the law. Numbered, weighed, divided. Daniel was not afraid of the king. But it appears that the king was afraid of Daniel. Look what happens in verses 29 and 30. Nothing else he could do. At Belshazzar's command, Daniel was dressed in purple robes. The gold train was hung around his neck. He proclaimed the third highest ruler in, was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, the Babylonian king was killed. Mm. Belshazzar was killed. In the story, we see that there are times when all we can do, and we know this, is call on God because nothing else can do anything. All we can do is call. I've seen the truth of that this week. With H.B. and Joyce and their family yesterday at Northside Hospital, those decisions were being made and goodbyes were being said. They called on their faith. And they were so encouraged by the faith of their husband and their father and their grandfather, H.B. H.B. said, I'm ready to go. Let me go. I want to go. Isn't that beautiful? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. And H.B., well, he was one. And they called on God, and God gave them strength. 
peace. God will walk with them through this journey. Friday night, I was in the hospital with Hal and Carolyn, and he was having his emergency surgery. We prayed together before they wheeled him off. Hal is just as cool as a cucumber. You know how, I hope. What Hal says is, you know, David, God has brought me through so much. One way or the other, I'm okay. I'm okay. But he knows who to call, and we call on God. We stop. Dear friends in Indiana, had a tough week, Bob and Chris Anderson. Chris had a routine surgery. Thursday didn't turn out to be anything but routine. Simple surgery procedure of an hour and a half lasted much longer, and then she couldn't wake up, and they went back to see if something was wrong, and she didn't wake up. Turned out she had a massive heart attack during the procedure. A transfer to another hospital in intensive care unit. Her husband, Bob, called me, and we talked a long time yesterday. He said, David, Pray for them. They, they don't have a church family. You're there in the church family. So you pray for Bob and Chris. Pray for Chris. Bob knows who to call, doesn't he? Yes. We all do. We all do. Don't take for granted in one moment those that have served this country and answered the call. And don't take for granted one moment, one second, that God is there for you to call always. Yes. Let's call together. Let's pray. Lord God, today we thank you for allowing us to gather. We thank you for precious memories. We pray for our nation and seek your blessing. We pray that revival will come to this world as people learn to call on you. Together, we thank you for always being there for us to call upon. We praise you for answering our calls. Help us to call upon you as long as we have breath. It's our prayer that all of us here today have called upon you for our salvation. Father, thank you for walking with us every moment. For those that stood, that we honored, that have served Father, you walked with them, and they are grateful to be here today. We all have our stories of calling upon you, and of being delivered, taken care of. Help us to not take one moment for granted. Help us to be people that call. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today, we encourage you to continue to remember H.V. and Joyce, the Drake family. Remember how Bennett is he's recovering from surgery right now. And to call God often and often. God bless you.